When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For, for, for all things, for, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Welcome into the inaugural episode of It's Always Game Day in Kansas City, an original Odyssey podcast. Cody Tapp, my host, Kayla Kinnearum, and of course, my producer back in Kansas City, Nick Schwartz. We'll do this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, getting you all the Chiefs cards that you want. And Kayla Lewis, first chance to host the show together. How are you, Kayla? I'm so pumped to be with you, Cody. And you got my name right this time. Thank you. That's going to count for something. We did a couple of practice runs on this. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. I, uh, I, I don't want to pronounce it wrong now to prove that I know how to pronounce it wrong because then I'm not going to say Kinnearum. And I feel like I spent the better part of a week practicing it so it would just you know, <laughs> flow easy. I don't want people to think he doesn't know how to pronounce his co-host's name. Thank you. That's so nice of you. Although I actually liked it when you pronounced it wrong. I thought that should have been included in the trailer that we recorded. <laughs> Just send out the one where your name's wrong four different times in a row. We had to do this a bunch of different times. We did. To prove, because Tap, you're never going to say that wrong. You're going to be like, and Cody Rap or Cody. You weren't going to get it wrong. It's not that complicated a name. You Thank God you gave me an easy name. Hard names give me so much anxiety. I hate it. So I'm sorry about my name. That's funny that hard names give you anxiety and your name is Kinnearum. It feels like the, there's a lot of vowels and the K-N is like, is it, you know, like, do I need to pronounce the K-N the N? But we got it down. We're good. It's German. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know. This is is what you can expect every week. It's always game day in Kansas City. You know me from 610. Kayla's born and raised a Chiefs fan. She grew up in the state of Missouri. So like, we're, we're happy to kind of bring up a fresh perspective as always to this. And with that, Kayla, I think we might as well start with the offense. I think any Chiefs fan, whether you've been talking about this team every day or grew up a Chiefs fan, their single biggest question is, if there is no Tyreek, is this the same offense? And the answer is both yes and no. No, it is not the same offense that you're used to, and they won't score the same number of uh, big touchdowns as they normally do, but they're going to have their yardage. I don't know if I'm just a blind believer in Patrick Mahomes because I've been watching him too long or if it's just foolish, but I think he'll get the same number of touchdowns, the same number of yards. They'll score the same number of points. It might be no Tyree kill, but they're deeper at wide receiver than they were last year. You said it. And I, I even said this when the trade happened, I don't think Tyreek is going to be the same player in Miami. I think that Patrick Mahomes elevated his talent. Obviously his talent, you know, there's no doubt about what he's capable of doing. Are we going to miss his speed? Yes. Um, But I mean, he was making mistakes last year that resulted in some turnovers. Like every player has a point of diminishing return and Tyreek's not the same as he was, you know, a few years ago. So I just, I don't think he's going to be the same working with Tua. Um, I think we're going to be great. I I like our receiving core. Um, I don't know. I don't, yes, he will be missed somewhat, but I don't think we're going to miss a B offensively, to be honest. Like the notion of the chicken or the egg, like we're doing the Brady Belichick stuff. You're like, I really didn't know. Yeah. If it's Mahomes or Tyreek, I mean, Tyreek was good before Mahomes ever showed up. So I don't think it'd be bad in Miami. Right. But I don't know. That version is, I guess, partially because of Mahomes. Like, I mean, the the top in performance was during that. Like with Kelsey, you have the answer too. 
Kelsey was on track to be a, you know, he's a thousand yard receiver every single year for three consecutive years before Mahomes was ever his quarterback. So I don't think that there's a diminishing return if Travis Kelsey were to leave next year. He's not going to, but if he were to leave, mm-hmm. I don't think there'd be there, but it's also, it's just different last year. And that, 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 that the, the, the Bengals game, which is still going to drive us all crazy. <gasps> um, you know, when they're throwing to Demarcus Robinson in the fourth quarter, I, I, that moment was like, okay, your wide receiver depth stinks. I guess I thought it was better, but it's bad. They've got Kelsey, they've got Hill, and then they have a bunch of guys behind there. I don't want them throwing the ball to at all. And I know McColl is still a part of the team, but I don't know how you could look at Patrick Holmes and Andy Reid and an offense that used to regularly rank in the top 10 with Alex Smith and tell me that something's going to be wrong if Patrick Mahomes just doesn't have Tyreek. But I get it because it's the, can Ty, can Patrick Mahomes do more with less? Which is what used to be the adage amongst quarterbacks, but seemingly has changed, I guess, Kayla, because every other team in the NFL right now is how many weapons can we stick around our quarterback? Right, and I I think it's going to take a lot of pressure because in past years we've, like you said, only seen three to four guys really offensively. And this year we have a whole list to choose from. We saw it in the preseason games. Um, I'm excited about what we're going to do offensively. I think it's going to take the pressure off of Kelsey. Um, we're going to see obviously more wide receivers, more running backs, hopefully, um, and more tight ends. So I have no doubt that we'll be fine. I'll tell you this. I, I don't know that I like, I get that they built their roster that way. And I'm not supposed to be critical of the chiefs because they're, I don't know, they've been to four straight AC championship games. I will not condone any roster building that includes a fullback, four running backs, and four tight ends. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a Nobody lot. does it's a that. Lot. It's a lot. Get more wide receivers or offensive linemen or defensive backs. And I get it. There's 53 guys and only 43 dra- or 47 drafts and all that stuff. So there's probably some some factor that's that's okay. But, I mean, it, it all comes down to do you believe in Patrick Mahomes? And I think to a point, do you believe that Juju Smith-Schuster is the guy before? Because I think that that would be the question most people like, do you think Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one wide receiver? I am skeptical than most than he is. He hasn't been that guy in like five years. And then I think, I don't know, Ben Roethlisberger was terrible. So maybe it's that just that Ben Roethlisberger was bad. But I don't know that I'm supposed to trust a guy whose best seasons were 800 yards over the last three years and just assume he's going back to the guy he was before. It's more likely than MVS turns into a thousand yard guy. But I still don't know that I have full faith in Juju Smith-Schuster as much as I do like they'll just figure it out because they have Kelsey. Right. I am going to need to see a few regular season games uh, before I give a definitive answer to that. But yeah, like in his his best season was 2018 with the Steelers. He had 111 receptions for 1,426 yards, seven TDs. Obviously, he was hurt throughout last season. Um, I'm hoping he bounces back. I love that he and uh, Mahomes were practicing down in Texas during the offseason already trying to gel quickly and, and become a cohesive unit. So um, can he get there? Absolutely, I think so. But it's going to take a few games before I'm ready to make that decision. I guess uh, the only thing I would say is, like, he's the only other one I'd take to get 1,000 yards besides Kelsey. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't predict it from Sky Moore, MVS, or McCole Hardman, or, you know, like, we can go through the whole depth chart if we want. But, <laughs> I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is the only one I think has a chance to get 1,000 yards that isn't Travis Kelsey. Agreed. But still, he hasn't done that, Caitlin, so long. I know. The, the, my only reservations are, I feel like, for the Chiefs fans who think that they're going to be, like, 2018 offense, the the whole notion is behind, like, everyone will be better. And my co-host in Kansas City and I get into this all the time, which is, people also get worse. I know this is weird and sad, but people get worse sometimes. Like, players perform poorly, or 
don't develop. Because like people see Marquez Valdez Scantling come over and they're like, well, he'll get better now. And I'm like, he had Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's getting better. I think he is who he is. Or, you know, like Juju will be back to the other form. I'm like, I don't know. He wasn't that before. So I, I don't know that there are more questions in the office than we want to do. But something about Reed and Mahomes and that kind of bring me back to the offensive line and all that to make me feel safe. But if you're just counting on Juju, he's an automatic 1,000-yard receiver, I think that's being far too optimistic. Do you want to make a bet? Sure. Okay, on which? On the average? You think he goes over 1,000? <laughs> I'll, I'll I got money over. on his over in Vegas, but that was love. Just for funsies. Okay. Out of out of the so ones you... we've got here, because okay, Hardman had 693 total yards last year. Obviously, we you know been over the Tyree yeah. stuff. Um, MVS 430. Justin Watson, obviously coming back from a knee injury, um, so he's not really going to probably be in the mix. But yeah. uh, out of those, the wide receivers that we have currently on the 53 man roster, yes, I would go with him over any of them else. We'll figure out the terms. As over a thousand. Is there but, any concern? I said we'll figure out the terms of the bet. Maybe okay. you're in okay. LA, maybe you can like send me, uh, you know, six pack from LA or something. <laughs> and you're, you know, you, you spent plenty of time in Kansas city. So I mean, I'm yes. sure you've got your favorite barbecue or beer or alcohol or something. I mean, you know, I assume we can find something that the, I guess that's the question is how bad is it if he's not the number one receiver? And my answer is uh, it's not that big a deal. If he's a 900 yard receiver, they're fine. I, I mean, the only problem is if he aggresses so far that he's just not a competent one. They have enough other guys. If everyone is a seven or 800-yard receiver between him, MBS, and Cole, I don't know that it'll be a big deal. If you're saying he thinks he has a 1,000, maybe it's different, but I don't know that I panic about this offense if you tell me he's not a true number one. Okay. Someone else I'm excited about, not a wide receiver, is Jody Fortson. I think he's going to have a big year. When Kelsey needs a break, obviously he's coming back from that Achilles injury. Right now he's sitting like third or fourth on the depth chart. Hey, he had a really solid preseason. So I think um, he'll give Kelsey relief when he needs it. And I'm hoping he steps up in a big way this season. Okay, so our producer, um, Nick, you don't know this about him because you just met. He's a big Jody Fortson fan. Really? I think he's on record of saying six to eight touchdowns this year. Nick, this is probably a good time for you to. All right. There's Nick. I wasn't planning on hopping on. <laughs> But Jody Fortson came up, so here we are. But then I heard Jody Fortson. You're welcome for the segue. I'm like a German shepherd with my ears. <laughs> what? Who? Jody Fortson? Where? Absolutely. <laughs> Kayla, it's great. It's great for you to sort of like, we're doing this get to know you phase since this is our first episode together. And yeah. this is a great way for you and I to bond. Because oh, we're definitely no. not bonding over college sports. No, no. There's a Kansas-Mizzou thing. I don't know. You guys may have heard of it, but. <laughs> I'm all aboard the Jody Fortson hype train, and there's plenty of room here, Cody. Why don't you hop on with I us? love that about you, Nick. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've hitched my wagon to other players. Oh, Last so we're not... Was... Cody's not team team Jody. No, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm not anti Jody. That feels a little too far. I just also think that there's a limitation for what he'll do in the offense. Here's the thing with with Jody Fortson: you're either all <laughs> in or you're all the way off. That's my only choice. I will say this with Jody, like we know what his role is, right? Inside the 10 yard line, inside the five yard line, Patrick Mahomes is looking his way. I don't mean to point out like stats to bring down everyone's mood here. But do you know how <laughs> few tight guys. ends had more than six touchdowns last year and how many targets they had in their respective offenses in order to get that? Because it was a lot. It was very few tight ends who had it and a lot of targets that they had. Like, I mean, it's just, Jody would have to be like a unicorn 
like a once, like just a weird anomaly that just exists in football for this one moment, and all he does is catch touchdowns. I think that's well said. He is. (laughs) Jody Fortson is a unicorn. Why? Why do we think he's not TE two right now? Because he never was. I mean, I guess the argument is Blake Bell used to get more targets, but with him injured, there's no reason why he can't be him. But I guess I. I'm still kind of hopeful that there's some sort of balance or jump in Noah Gray's game, Kayla. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen, but it's like if Kelsey were to go down, I don't think that they would just throw to Jody more. I think they would throw to Noah Gray, who they were hoping they could mold to do some of the things that Kelsey did. That's what I like about the four tight ends when they're healthy. Bell's hurt, but they all have a thing. Jody's the catch touchdown guy. Um, Travis Kelsey's the do everything guy. Noah Gray is the like the backup to Kelsey. Like, hey, I'll try to do everything, but just a little bit worse. And then Blake Bell was the uh, the quarterback stuff that they don't want Mahomes to do anymore. So he'll take it in a round or a QB sneak or block. Um, he'll do all those things that the other tight ends don't do as well. Okay. Well, keeping all of this in mind, Cody, do you believe this is still a top five offense in the NFL? Yeah. We saw news today that that is indeed true, according to ESPN. How am I supposed to assume it's not? Like, right. I really have to think the Chiefs offense is going to derail without Travis or without Tyree Kill. If I think that they're not a top five offense in the NFL anymore, I like there's being a homer and then there's being like, you know, a hater or whatever, right? Like there was a first take thing today. So the Chiefs aren't going to make the postseason and there's a reason why Andy Reid got fired in Philly. There's, there's ups out and of down. town. But this, this is the middle ground of those takes. The middle ground is they'll be fine. They'll score a lot of points. They just won't be quite as dynamic as a big touchdown scoring team as they were before. I, I don't know that choosing the in between seems kind of silly. I guess is the way I look at it. Yeah. I mean, will there be a learning curve? Absolutely. But I don't think they're going to miss a beat. And here's why, because as I've always said, when we have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid steering this ship, I will put me my money on us every time. Um, I don't, I just don't think we've seen anything that would count us out at this point. Um, I think those two elevate everyone else. I think the players step up to that level um, with, with Pat and Andy. And I just, until I'm proven otherwise, I'm never going to count us out of anything aside from, you know, Super Bowl 55 and then the uh, conference championship last season. But I mean, I will bet on us every time. Well, we, we always like, we talk about like, Oh, replace Tyree kill. The chiefs might have the best offensive line in the NFL. Right. That's when Aaron Rodgers started winning MVPs again. It wasn't, he had Devonta Adams that entire time. When they got the best offensive line in football and David Bakhtiari was the best left tackle in football, then, then they, he started winning MVPs. That's just as important as having all the weapons. Patrick Mahomes won an MVP when he had an average offensive line. Mm-hmm. He went to a Super Bowl uh, with an average to below average one, and then they got blown out, obviously, in the game in which the offensive line completely derailed. Ugh. And then last year with a revitalized offensive line that was only in year one together, he was at the top and then went to another AFC title game. I That part will keep him protected. There's no part. We've talked a lot about the offense, Kayla. There's obviously the defensive perspective of this as well. We know that Spags has been the defensive coordinator for this run of success for the Chiefs, but they have never been particularly great. They mm-hmm. get by, they are passable, but great was only for that one eight-game stretch during the Super Bowl run when everything clicked together and they found the perfect way to kind of make it all happen. This is going to be the youngest defense in the NFL. And it actually makes me excited because for years I've been begging Spags to just play young players who are more athletic 
rather than the old guys he trusts. And I know that this kind of throws him off because he likes to trust veteran players. But I don't know. It, it seems like a positive if I don't have to watch guys like Sorensen and Neiman play 60% of the snaps for this team. Are you going to miss Dirty Dan at all? I mean, I don't know. I guess ask me in the playoffs. That's when he showed up. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe then. He's good for like blocking kick. He had big moments. He had huge moments. And then he had terrible moments. I mean, just needed gosh. a little more consistency. But I mean, if you think I'm ever just going to be sitting around and be like, I wonder what Dan's up. Like, probably not. <laughs> I don't. Like, the way that season ended, it's been like a slowly declining thing. They got maximum out of a guy who was a seventh round draft pick. I mean, they got maximum value. He started for their team. He was a member. He made, you know, he made the, the key stop in the Houston game on the fake punt, all that stuff. But I'm not going to miss him because Spags can't help himself. Everyone has a, every coach I think has kind of like a blind spot. We all do, uh, whether it be like verbally or like we all have the things that we clutch to when we're weakest. I don't know what it is, Kayla. I don't know what you're, uh, we don't know each other well enough. We all have tics or things. Yeah, it's a long list, right? (laughs) We all have things we clutch to in those moments. Spags clutched to veteran players. His defense was struggling. Andy clutches to not running the football. It doesn't really matter. But no, I mean, I think, I think there's more swing in it. I don't think the defense is automatically bad. I think a lot of it comes down to the pass rush. Mm -hmm. Who are you most looking forward to on defense this year? Out of, I'll say out of the new guys. I mean, I want to say Karloff just because he's a rookie, but um, the answer is probably Dunlap. He's the most important. Well, they went from my stance before they signed Dunlap was they have a bad defensive line. They will be a bad pass rush team. There's nothing you can do about it based on the players they have. When they added Dunlap, they added an eight-sack guy. And then Karloff just looked good in the preseason. All of a sudden, you had hopes that maybe, maybe there was potential with the defensive line where they could be somewhere in the middle. And if there's somewhere in the middle, they can at least protect themselves. Because, Kayla, you know, I mean, they've got they've got a sixth-round, you know, fourth-year player in Rashad Fenton who wasn't starting last year. They've got Legereus Sneed, mm-hmm. who's in year three. He's still young. And then they're starting, most likely, Trent McDuffie or Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson. It's a super young secondary. They kind of need a pass rush to do it. Like, I'm excited to see Chris Jones in his natural spot. But, I mean, if it's not yes. Dunlap for you, then who is it? New guys? Yeah. I, I'm going to go Carl Loftus. Something I really liked. Um, have you been watching the franchise at all? A little. Well, so like we, I, you know, like it depends. We keep trying to find ourselves clips on there and then make fun of each other on the show. And I don't want to bring it up I think I, because there's a Jody Ford. I think I heard your voice on there one day. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but they showed Frank Clark pulling Carl Loftus aside, giving him pointers. I love that they're working together outside of practices. I love it when veteran players check their egos at the door and realize that we need to gel as a team. We are better when we're working together. We're better when we're lifting up these younger guys, these rookies. And I just love that he's taking his veteran status and and taking time to help out a rookie and and make him better. And hopefully then that makes our defense better. This is probably... That's my kumbaya moment for today. Well, that's nice. Um, (laughs) This is probably going to sound... Oh, I'm going to regret it. Oh, no. I'm buying into the Frank Clark resurgence. Really? I, I mean, I know that it's just like, oh, he lost some weight because he stopped treating his body like a dumpster, like most of us do. Um, and I haven't stopped doing that. But, like, you know, he started to treat his body better and he looks thinner. And, like, resurgence is limited. I don't think he's going to show up and get 12 sacks this year. 
But for a guy who's been trending in the wrong direction every single year he's been in Kansas City, eight sacks to six and a half to four and a half, I think six or seven sack Frank Clark is plausible. I think that's why I still believe in the upper end potential of the defense because for the first time, and it's not as good as this one, so so I guess forgive the comparison. For the first time since they had Justin Houston and Tom Bahali on the same defense and they had like legitimate pass rushers all on a team together, mm-hmm. this is the first time they've had that uh, since then. So the entire Spags time, he's never had a pass rush unit that's this complete. True. Because if I believe and that now that that requires me to believe in the Frank Clark resurgence, but Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Carl Loftus, and um, you know, in the research, like we talked about, like the resurgent Frank Clark and all that, it Chris Jones, it could it completes an actual unit, Dunlap. Yeah. It completes, you know, Dunlap capable of eight sacks. That's what he gets on average per year. Chris Jones capable of 10 sacks. That's what he gets on average per year. Um, if Carl Loftus can be a five or six sack guy, if Frank Clark can be a six or seven sack guy, that is a legitimate pass rush. If you just add up those four numbers and then assume like they do every year, they'll get five or six out of the linebacker crew. They're like 15th in the NFL in stacks. If yep. all those things come together, I think that's where like, I kind of buy it. Maybe you don't, maybe you want to wait to see Frank Clark, which is reasonable, but I, I, I'm kind of buying into the resurgence. I'm buying into the resurgence too. Speaking of linebackers, I'm really pumped to see what Nick Bolton does in his second year. They've dubbed him the quarterback of the defense. Is this because you're a Missouri gal? It it? absolutely is. And I was going to bring that up to Nick as well. Um, No, he made us so proud last year. What, he had 112 sacks, 70 solo, 42 assisted. Um, He had a really stellar rookie season, I feel like. And I think he's only going to get better this season. Bring it on. I I mean, he has... (laughs) He's already better than Willie Gay. This is my whole thing about drafting. I hate drafting linebackers for this reason, because it's like, well, we took Willie Gay. He's pretty good. Look, he's pretty fast. They take another one and he's great. I think Nick Bolton was like instantly looked comfortable Mm -hmm. versus the whole year of Willie Gay. I'm like, okay, but do you want to take linebackers every year? That sounds like a headache. That's a non-valuable position. And yet Nick Bolton somehow, I guess, I'm supposed to assume that maybe that's why they were willing to let go of Tyron Matthew because someone has to be in charge. I mean, it's Justin yeah. Reed, I guess. But I didn't think about that. Does. Well, someone has to be the leader on defense. Justin Reed just got here. Matthew did it when he first got here. But when Matthew got here, he was a two-time All-Pro. Justin Reed was a safety for the Houston Texans. There's no accolades to put at the back end of that list. He's a very good safety for the Houston Texans. But he didn't come with the pedigree. He did. They instantly slapped the green dot on Nick Bolton. So I assume that's that. The only problem is, do you think Nick Bolton can save a defense single-handedly? Because middle linebackers, you almost have to be like Fred Warner to do that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that, and I don't know that Nick Bolton's that. I mean, you might love him, Caleb, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's the one of the two best inside linebackers in the NFL yet. Something you're gonna learn about me. I will always die on the hill for the things people I love. I it's blind optimism. I don't know what it is, but. If I'm all in on you, I'm all in on you. And you're all in on Nick Bolton? Whether that makes me look stupid down the road or not, yes. I think it's fine. I mean, I'm not, I don't even like, uh, I don't even know if I'm all in on Frank Clark, but. Loyal to a fault. So just any Missouri player or just specifically Nick Bolton (laughs) because you like the way he plays? All Missouri players, including Drew Locke. Oh man, all, even Drew Locke? Oh, but he didn't (laughs) even get the starting job in Seattle. I know, and I'm really And we like Drew Locke here. His, His dad's great, Andy, they've got like. They've got a good foothold in Kansas City. I kind of hope he succeeds, but I mean, it's not going good. It was tough for me when he was with Denver because I wanted him to do well, but I also hate the Broncos. So it's easier for me to root for him now in Seattle. Well, but yeah, I mean, that's probably fair for most Chiefs fans. 
I just I can't believe that Geno Smith is still starting in the year 2022. That notion to me is – and look, the Chiefs were always kind of surrounded by him because people were mad they didn't take him all the way back in that 2012 draft when they took Eric Fisher instead and what might be the worst first round of all time. What, are you a big Eric Fisher guy too or is Eric, that bad? You don't like Eric Fisher? No, I do. I like him. He's good. Oh, okay. He's good. No, but people wanted him to take Geno Smith because at the time they didn't have a quarterback still that they liked. Oh, okay. They didn't even have Alex Smith then. They were just like floating around aimlessly, hoping one day a quarterback would show up. I'll say that with the Chiefs and the defense and all that stuff is because what the Chiefs can do defensively somewhat is going to be dictated by what the rest of this conference looks like and what the rest of the division looks like. So, I mean, the next question is their defense is in trouble because they're rookies, right? They'll, they'll have growing pains. I think Spags essentially admitted that, but specifically because of the division they play in, they're not going to have much time to figure it out. I think that's why people are asking like, is this finally the year they get knocked out of the AFC West? And honestly, they can't just basketball treatment, whether you like that analogy or not, treatment now. Do not pick the Chiefs to lose the AFC West until they lose it. Amen. If they, win it this, if they win it this year, they will have the second longest streak in the NFL. And the biggest problem is, is that while the Chiefs probably have more questions on their roster, they don't have questions at the single biggest areas, coach and quarterback. And no other team can say that about coaching the AFC West. Took the words right out of my mouth. I, I think I, there's no way, in my personal opinion, that we do not win the AFC West again this year. I know what every other team has done in our division this offseason. I don't care. I have all the faith in Patrick and Andy, and everyone else is going to show up because of them. I guess some of it is, do you think Herbert's winning the MVP this year? Because if he wins the MVP, then he'll have to win the division. Um, I don't think that he can't win the MVP. I put a bet on him. I put a bet on him and Patrick. Well, I got to hedge my bets. Yeah, come on. It's <laughs> futures. We have a running list of our bets. Um, well, you know, like I don't think everybody wants my personal little bets. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to follow me for the nickel. Tell you, I'm a pretty terrible gambler in general. So I'm actually not bad. I found You're okay. I'm okay. I'm I think like, I was up at my last gig. So okay. And you track? See, I don't. I don't even track it that hard. I was just using up all these free bets because it just got legal here in. So I, I live in Missouri, but in Kansas, it became legal. And in Kansas City, we're right at the state line. I don't know. I mean, I made like $800 worth of free bets this weekend. So I'm up, obviously, Look this weekend you go. off of free money. But I mean, I didn't win all those bets. Someone had a great Labor Day. Somebody, Some of those were future bets uh, and mixing them up in MVP. Because that's, I think the only team I took seriously to win the division that's not the Chiefs is the Chargers. Do you think the Raiders or the Broncos can do it? If, if, it's, if it's not the Chiefs. If it's the not the Chiefs, the- I want to say Chargers, but they, we say this every year and they never, they always find a way to lose it. I don't, I don't know what to do about the Chargers. Is it the coach? I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's not the Chargers because obviously I'm living in LA and I, I hate being that close to Chargers fans. And, um, <laughs> well, you never have getting kind, tickets to this. They might be taking the lead in my most hated AFC West opponent over i mean it always used to be denver and the raiders and now it might be the chargers for me honestly um maybe it's just because they're the biggest threat i know you know and that's that's probably why i don't believe in denver they haven't beaten the chiefs since 2015 do we think russell wilson's gonna turn it around 2015 i what was i doing in 2015 trying to figure my life out in st louis how old were you (laughs) i don't know what you are now i guess we should have asked that ahead of time how old are you 
38. I just, hold on, I just had a birthday, so I almost answered wrong, oh. and that would have been stupid, but. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. 38. I'm, 30, so, I'm 34. Okay. So seven I have a birthday coming ago. up on December 3rd for all you listeners. Oh, are you, is that is that a request for gifts or just to let them know that <laughs> it's your birthday? Either or. I'll leave it up to them. <laughs> you know, it's fine. I like gifts, right? Will not turn down gifts. gifts. No. Yes. Uh, 2015, that's. Oh. Well, oh. we should have cake or something. Uh, Nick got me a cake. Uh, him and my co-host in Kansas City. It just said, and look, this is this is going to be way too hard to bring for a podcast listener. But when legalized betting happened or around the time it was going to happen, my co-host had a news story. And they, they came and they interviewed, because he does a lot of sports betting, so he's, he's a very good source on this. So they came to record him for like a local news interview just to kind of like have a package. And unfortunately, right. in that story, he's saying things like, September 1st, sports betting is coming. And in the background, you can hear me say, that's my birthday, <laughs> which they used on the news for whatever reason. So it's not a secret, I guess, on our show. That, so they got me a cake that says, it's my birthday. I'm going to need to see a anymore. clip of that. You should make put that on a t-shirt, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over to that. I'm not saying no to that. To be fair, we have actively discussed putting it on a t-shirt, but <laughs> I'm all about so, t-shirts. But in doing so, we don't want to also stroke Cody's ego anymore than mm. it already has been. So it was an unfortunate moment. It's my I need to see that clip. And Nick, when is your birthday? March 20th. Okay. How old are you? Uh, I'm 31. Let's establish everyone's age now. Yep. Just right. want to make you feel included. All out there. What, and how old do you think you'll live to? The <laughs> list of your biggest fears. <laughs> That's what I getting wanna, to know you is for. I want to play devil's advocate with you guys for just a second. Let's go. Because I look at the AFC West and specifically with the Chargers and yep. all the additions that they made. They have a star player at at you could really, if you look at the five most important positions on the field, they have a star player at all of them. And they added a lot of nice pieces on a defense that was devoid of talent last year. Couldn't you make the case that that team has less questions surrounding them entering the season than the Chiefs do? If we're just talking about the regular season, don't the Chargers have less questions unanswered than the Chiefs currently do? Yes. I have no doubt yeah. saying yes. I just have more faith in our team. And more because, because of history, until you prove me wrong, until the Chargers actually win a big game and make it to the playoffs, I'm not going to put a lot of worry into you at this point. Well, and here, I mean, I understand that Khalil Mack and JC Jackson and Sebastian Joseph Day make this team better. But it, I, I haven't seen anyone ever take their defense from like 28th in the NFL to 10th. Which means, at best, they're an average defense. And look, that's what we used to say about Mahomes. Hey, if you could just give him an average defense, he'll go out to be there. But that's because he had Andy Reid. Like, I don't I don't know that adding two players to their defense fixes it. And their special teams wasn't particularly good last year. And they haven't made the playoffs in any year that Justin Herbert's been the, co been the quarterback. And they've had multiple mm -hmm. years to do it. I don't. I know it's He's so great. Okay. When is he going to take the team to the playoffs? When is he going to take the team to the conference championship? When is he going to take his team to the Super Bowl? And it's not, you know what? I don't even know if it's, you're right, but I don't even know if it's him or if it's the coach or what it is, because someone correctly pointed this out. One of the listeners on, on the Kansas City show correctly pointed this out. 
be like, hey, the, well, you know, I mean, the Chargers went 9-8. They missed the playoffs. They had the worst defense in the NFL. They certainly got better. I'm like, okay, well, when the Chiefs had the worst defense in the NFL, they went to the AFC title game and lost to the Patriots. And Patrick Mahomes had 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Yeah, and, and they're a deep ward offsides away from going to the Super Bowl. Or last year, when for the first six weeks of the season, they had one of the historically worst starts for a defense of all time. They had a defense that ended up finishing 17th in points per game. So not a good defense, like an average one. Yeah. And they, you know, they they went to the AFC title game again. Herbert can't even get to the postseason. So is it him? Is it the coach? Or have we overvalued certain of their players that we think are stars? Like Nick mentioned, they're all stars. Ooh. Look, Bose is a star. I'm not going to make any argument in that. But with Derwin James, I don't care if it says all pro next to his name or not. He is always dinged up. And I've yet to find moments where I think he's completely controlled everything for a team all the time. He's a very good player, but stars too much of a stretch. JC Jackson. Well, I don't know, man. Bill Belichick's let a lot of corners go who I thought might've been stars and were pretty good when they left new England, but not the player they were when they were in new England with the best defensive coach in NFL history. So it's like, yeah, but I, and, and Khalil Mack has the same amount of sacks as Carlos Dunlap over the last three years. So I'm not even sure that that addition counts as being something different than what the Chiefs did on their defensive line. It's not, it's not the Chargers are the next most likely, and I think they'll, I think they'll go to the playoffs this year and be a formidable threat because I think Justin Herbert is a top five quarterback in the NFL. But I'm not mm-hmm. giving them the division yet because the Chiefs keep winning it. Well, just like every preseason, we hear how they're going to be the team this year. They're going to have this stellar season. They're going to make it to the postseason. They're going to make it to the Super Bowl. It hasn't happened. We've been hearing this for the last however many years. So once you prove it to me, then maybe I'll pay attention. I guess this is what's interesting. Because if we if we take it in the sense of the rest of the AFC, the Chiefs belong in a tier by themselves with the Bills, who I know have, <gasps> been AFC, have only been in one AFC title game, but they're as good as any team in the NFL. They scare me so bad. They, yeah, the Bills, <laughs> the Chiefs, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati deserves to be in the conversation. Went to the Super Bowl last year, and they have the best young offensive talent in the NFL. So. Those three, and then I think the Chargers belong in that next group. They belong with the Ravens. They belong with the Chargers, the Ravens. Maybe they're by themselves, or you want to toss in the Colts or the Patriots or anybody else you believe in. I don't believe in anybody more than those two teams. But, I mean, that's kind of the hierarchy. The Bills are the the, the scariest one, Kayla. I know they have 100%. Done it, but talk about no holes versus, like the, like, the Bills. I don't know that I could possibly have a single question other than maybe cornerback with whiteout for a few weeks. The Bills absolutely terrify me, and I I just hope we can get past them. I hope we can get the regular season win. Ugh. They are already stressing me out. Like, just already for week six, and it's, we're not even there yet. I know. I know. Wait, quick, quickly before we move on, I have to tell you a story about the Chargers. I went to the game in L.A. last year. Okay. Had amazing seats. Went with um, my married couple friends and their two-year-old son. <laughs> By the third quarter, he is melting down. Uh, he's, two. he's two. He ate too much food, threw up, and they're like, oh, we, ha- no. we have to, they're like, we have to take him home. It's his bedtime, and he's just he's done. They're like, you can stay here. And I was like, it was pouring down rain. It was freezing in LA, which never happens. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to have to wait in the rain after this game to find an Uber. SoFi is kind of a nightmare when it comes to rideshare. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'll leave. And I didn't want to leave at all. And then we leave and then that all transpires in the fourth quarter and then OT. And I hated myself. I I didn't even tell people I left. They were like, oh my gosh, you're at the game. I was like, yeah, it was crazy. What a crazy (laughs) game. 
Is this your first time admitting that you uh, you skipped it? That you didn't uh, I I've told a few people, but I didn't like publicly announce. I was just tweeting like I was still there. There is nothing worse than like leaving an important game in the moment. It makes you feel any better. Someone at our at our station in Kansas City, they don't work here now, but they 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 left the Royals wild card game in 2014 early. So you can leave a worse game early. True. At least it wasn't you know the Bills game. Yeah. In the, in the oh, playoffs, that would have been that would have been a shame to leave. Yeah, I would think so. With the 13 seconds and thinking that it's all over and all of those things. That's like when it's, there are only five teams I think can win the Super Bowl in the AFC. I think there are good teams. I think there's teams that can beat the Chiefs or give them problems in the playoffs or beat them in a single game in the playoffs. Like, I think the Colts with Matt Ryan are definitively better. I think they should have been a playoff team last year. I think they're definitively a playoff team this year. I think they're better with Matt Ryan. Yep. But the only five teams, and that's a lot for one conference. It might be less in the NFC, are the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. Chargers and Ravens. And I know that maybe You're the Ravens. You're still counting in the Ravens. That roster was devastated with injury. And I know that Lamar Jackson may or may not get a contract extension done by the time this thing airs tomorrow. I don't know. But when you when you look at whether or not he can do it, when he's healthy, they're dynamic. They have a great coach. They have a great defense. Their biggest question is, do they have enough offensive weapons around Lamar Jackson? And he's such a dynamic athlete. I think it'd be kind of foolish to count them out because if they win their division, they could end up being they're They're one of the few teams I think can get the one seed. I think the bills will get it because they're in the easiest division, but if it's not going to be them, I'll be honest. I think it's probably the Ravens because I don't think anyone out of the South is doing it. And the AFC West is too good. What, how do you, we haven't talked much about Broncos. Do you think Russell Wilson's going to elevate this team leaps and bounds? I mean, as far as like AFC competition goes, because if that's the conversation we're happening, like, okay, let's talk about the AFC competition and where they rank amongst it. Not enough to move the needle. I I mean, they're going to be worse on defense than the second scoring defense because they have a new coach who's offensive minded. I just don't think they're going to be as good. And then, who will have the better who will have the better season between Broncos and Raiders, in your opinion? I mean, I'm supposed to say Broncos, right? The Raiders no, because the Raiders the Raiders did well last year, yeah. And plus, now they've got Devontae Adams. I mean, I just don't take them serious for AFC teams. Like to me, they're with the rest of those teams: Chargers, Ravens. Then we go. Remember, I mentioned Colts, Colts, Broncos, Raiders. They can all be in that lumping together. The Raiders were a playoff team last year. Had a ton of turmoil. Had to fire their coach in the middle of the season. Still made the postseason. Um, and then added Devontae Adams. I'm not going to pretend like that's not important or makes them more formidable. It clearly does, but it doesn't present the problem from being they're still the Raiders and they have the worst quarterback in the toughest division in football. Like, he could be the 12th best quarterback in the NFL, the worst quarterback in the toughest division in football. Like, that's why when we're ranking those hierarchy of AFC teams, I I mean, the Broncos and the Raiders kind of fall in the same range. Broncos, I just kind of want them to prove it, I guess, that their weapons are actually were being held back by your guy Drew Locke or whatever they would say about <laughs> Coyle and Suttons and Jerry Judy at the time, but they could just end up being guys. And, you know, maybe Drew Locke was hurt by them not being as good as everybody thought they were on paper. Going back to the AFC as a whole, do you think the Bengals have a Super Bowl hangover this season? I think that people want to predict that. And I don't think it's unfair to, to try to take that shot, but no, I mean, I don't know. They got a high caliber quarterback. Um, and Jamar Chase, so, <laughs> and Joe Mixon, and T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, and, you know, I, they're just so talented. How bad can they be? The Ravens are better. 
The Browns won't matter because Deshaun Watson won't be on their team to week 11 or 12 or whatever, you know, that first game against Houston. So, I mean, I don't think they're factoring in. I mean, the division helps, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a hard time with the AFC is not seeing it amongst those five. Like, I think if you looked in the NFC and you're like, who are the teams you don't want the Chiefs to see in the Super Bowl? The NFC is a little more open, and there's questions we don't necessarily know about some of the other teams over there. But in the AFC, there seems like a pretty clear hierarchy. And maybe you want to just put the Chiefs and the Bills in one category and bump the Bengals down with the Ravens and the Chargers. But with Cincinnati actually going to the Super Bowl last year, I have a hard time thinking of them as being any different. Remind yeah. me, this is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. First ever episode, Kayla, so we're learning things Woo! about each other. We found out ages, and we have not yet found out what age we're going to live to, but that's fine. Nick, we don't want to get into that conversation on this show. We did that on our show once, and it, it turned bleak very quickly. That's going to get dark, yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, I think that they didn't like that I had a reckless disregard for my own being. They're like, well, what do you want people to do with your body? And I'm like, I don't care. Just get rid of it. I think I said throw it in the trash. Because I said I didn't want to be, I said, I, you know, like, you can just scream maybe It's fine. They're like, well, what do you want to do with your remains? I'm like, I don't, it doesn't matter. I, that's for someone else. If they want to do something with it, cool. I'm dead. It won't matter to me. I'm that was dead. the biggest pivot ever. I'm comfortable where I am. And I guess to- AFC rivals going to where what we want our bodies to go after we're, we're done with them. I think these are important things to get to know each other. You know, maybe <laughs> you, you haven't made me, those decisions yet. Someone brought up biggest fear. What's your biggest fear? Oh, God. Uh, I'll go. Okay, yeah. I am terrified of being buried under an overpass. When you're at like what? a stoplight. What oh, there's like an, what if, what if there's an earthquake? What if a bridge collapses and you're at a stoplight under an overpass? I always had this fear mostly when I lived in St. Louis because I lived right by a huge like highway intersection. I just would always sit there at the light and being like, I really hope that this overpass doesn't collapse on me while I'm at this light. That's an interesting, oh God, I wouldn't have thought of. And hitting a pedestrian. I'm a little bit of a crazy driver. I mean, I guess that means you would never get the self-driving car? No. Probably. I feel like that would be the terrifying part from there. Like, so, I mean, the if, you're self, if you had a self-driving car, it's like an immediate risk that maybe you're getting into that. Okay, we don't have to talk about that. I don't know. I Like, I'm not afraid of spiders. I, again, my biggest problem might be that I have a reckless disregard for my own safety. Wow. I don't ever think hard enough about this might injure me. And I shouldn't do it. Like, we were just at the lake for the holiday weekend. And yeah. I did. I'm 38, not in peak physical shape. <laughs> and I did a backflip off the dock. No fear. Good, good for you. I mean, I, it, yeah. That's something I would sit there for fun. 10 minutes before I actually did. No, nah, I just did it. My kid said, do a flip. I was like, okay. And I did a backflip instead of a front flip. Did you land it's it? Fine. Did yeah. you Did you make the full? Yeah, I made the full rotation? turn. Okay. And the dock was decently high off, so that helps. But, uh, you know, I did I did a full turn. Have you done backflips in the past or was this just like a I mean, first time was, thing? Uh, I mean, when I was like younger, I guess. I would not like, I can't just like stand or never could stand and do a backflip. But I've done backflips into a pool or a body of water. I just don't do that very often and was doing that because we were, I don't know, being goofy at the lake. And so, and I don't, I don't think that hard, like I might get hurt. I just do things and then hope it doesn't hurt me. Before I guess we get, get out of here. Let's talk at least a little bit about the game. I know we'll talk more about it on Friday, but let's talk a little bit more about the game coming up on Sunday in relation to one thing, because there's a lot of different things to watch out for, but there is, we know that there are 10 rookies that she's drafted. We know that there are nine on this team. Yep. And I think that there's a couple of obvious answers with some answers in between. Which rookie will have the biggest impact this season for you? I'm going with Isaiah Pacheco, running back. Wow, uh, the seventh uh, rounder. 
Yeah. I, I like his, okay. So my biggest complaint with Clyde, I love Clyde. I think he is quick. He's agile. I, I have a problem with his size. We need a truck at running back. We need a Derrick Henry. And is Isaiah Pacheco a Derrick Henry? No, but he is bigger than Clyde. Um, I can see him having a Kareem Hunt, a star is born breakout rookie year. That's what I'm hoping for with Pacheco. I hope that you're right. I'm hoping the answer is McDuffie or Carl Loftus. Uh, yep. I mean, big fan of both of those. That's ideal. I think those are the obvious choices. Like if you're drafting them and you're like, let's all take rookies to see who has the most impact. Those are probably the top two choices or Pacheco probably three. But I wouldn't rule out the fact that Brian Cook might have a real role on this team. They have used three safeties pretty much the entire time. They've been mm -hmm. in Kansas City. They like versatile safeties, which Brian Cook is. There's only two guys that are going to mention right now and one Thornhill and obviously Justin Reed. And Justin Reed said that, well, first, the the rookie defensive back, Trip McDuffie, told us that Brian Cook is helping him learn the book. So we already know that he's well ahead of first on that end. And we know that they use players like that. I, I think well, yeah, the and they're going to have to fill some big shoes in Tyron Matthews. So well, I they love need three safeties. Yeah. It's just the way they play and the corners they have. I mean, I'm surprised, I guess, we could still say Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson because they're going to play all three of those corners. But look, McDuffie being a failure, you'd ask the question earlier. It's like, if Juju isn't a number one wide receiver, then what? I'm much more concerned if Trent McDuffie is in a quality NFL starting corner, then what? Because that's a much bigger concern for me. Because I can see that McDuffie should be our answer to that question or that Karloftis should be our answer to that question. But I think there's a pretty good chance that Brian Cook might be just as impactful as either of those guys. And now that Pacheco is, I think, fairly clearly running back too, he can very obviously be an answer to that question. But I don't know. Do you really think that he's going to – I don't think he's getting more playing time this year than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And if Clyde Edwards-Alaire fails, I assume that they'll let Ronald Jones get some snaps. Yeah, I need Clyde to stay healthy, for one. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just – Every time – Every time – what? So do you have him on your fantasy team? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not on a fantasy team, which is a whole another thing. I I love fantasy football. I've only played one season and I won. And that was years ago when I lived in St. Louis. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, I just I, my biggest complaint with him is his size. I just feel like we need a bigger guy at running back. He's tough, don't get me wrong. He's plowing through, but I just think we need a bigger one. I guess, I don't know. If we get through week eight and he's not hurt, maybe That's they'll start to buy back in. Yeah. But I'm also excited about McDuffie, back. like you said. Um, I love the profile they did on him on the franchise. He seems like a really solid dude, and he's ready to get a shot. So I love these young guys with the uh, fighting spirit, ready to make <laughs> it's big plays and big impact on the field. Between last year and this year, 16 of the 18 drafted players are on the 53-man roster. That wow. is a massive number. I mean, a quarter wow. of their roster was drafted in the last two years. And actually on the team, and many of them they rely on significantly, as we've talked about with guys like, we know, McDuffie and Karloftis and all those, so it's a lot. Well, this well, has been that, the inaugural episode. No, go ahead. To your point, Nate Taylor uh, uh, on the franchise said – the Chiefs this year are trying to accomplish two things, and that is to maintain the championship contending stability while also heading this whole youth movement. Like you said, 10 drafted rookies, nine of which made the 53-man roster. So that is going to be the biggest challenge. This has been the inaugural episode of It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. <laughs> you feel good about it, Kaylee? Feel good? We I did. feel great. That was fun. 
Again, reminder, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like and subscribe. Give yourself a chance to get the new episodes as soon as they come out. We'll make sure to get you covered throughout the rest of the season. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. See you then.